The internet is changed. Much that was once good is lost, for none now live who want to talk about it. It began with the forging of the movie review podcasts. Some podcasts praised films. Some podcasts mocked a horrible film. And some, some podcasts did both to the delight of its audiences. But they were all of them deceived. For another podcast was made. In the land of Maryland, in the fires of Mount Doom, the Dark Lord Shives forged in secret the Late Seeding podcast to shame all others. And into this podcast he poured his cruelty, his malice, and his will to dominate all movie criticism. One podcast to rule them all. everybody and welcome to late seating i am jason harding and i'm steve shives and on this show we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation whether that reputation is good or bad and this year this time around or this year because it's our first show of 2018 hey hey right, steve happy new year you <laughs> bunch of you, all you people <laughs> thanks for listening almost, you bastards <laughs> i almost started the year off on the wrong foot <laughs> <laughs> this time around, we're gonna take a take a look at a movie where I'm right. I mean, where <laughs> it has a pretty solid critical reputation, and um, boy, we've been putting off this review for a while, haven't we, Steve? Yeah, yeah. Man, this one's man, been sort of looming for a while. See, when Steve, when Steve and I talk a lot, and uh, we talk about movies a lot, yeah. weird. I know, right? <laughs> This came up pretty early, like three years ago, about how we both feel about this movie, mm-hmm. in which I appreciate it, and Steve does not. Right, Steve? <laughs> yeah, that, pretty much. That's that's a good sum- summarization, yeah. Yeah, and so now we're actually going to review the movie yeah. and see if anything's changed over the years. Yeah. Maybe it'll be a reversal. He'll now like it, and I'll be like, it's a piece of shit, I wasted all my time and money's on it. Um, Maybe. The movie... Maybe the movie that we're going to review this time around, fresh new in 2018, is Steve. It's a, a modest little production. <laughs> kind of was actually. <laughs> I, I guess in a way it was. By comparison it, to what we do now, <laughs> that's true. That's true. It, it, it is shocking how how, how certain <laughs> things have changed. But yes, we're we're reviewing a, a little film that people may have heard of, directed by one Peter Jackson called The Fellowship of the Ring. Uh-uh. The full name is uh. J.R.R. Tolkien's <laughs> The Lord of the Rings, colon. <laughs> Be sure the to fe- enunciate the colon. <laughs> the Fellowship of the Ring. That's it. That's right. You can see it already. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. You, that the, Me not being particularly reverent toward the film or How the dare you? material will be a theme for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and mine, because while I have openly admitted that I love this movie, does not mean that I'm going to cut it any goddamn slack. Right, Steve? Well, we'll see. 
Okay. So, do you have any trivia in regards to this film, Steve? I, I do. There was one bit of trivia that, that I found that I thought was particularly interesting. Of course, uh, we'll get into our feelings about the movie in great detail uh, yeah. in a minute. But uh, mm. one of the things that, whether you like it or not, that is undeniable is that the movie was very successful and very influential, as were the, the two True. that followed it in, in the series. And yep. it was a big deal in New Zealand, where most of it was filmed. Yeah. Yeah. And it was such a big deal, especially... We didn't the, even know New Zealand existed before yeah, the movie came I know. Out. Nobody... I, it was pretty much just Peter Jackson. He mm-hmm. was like, I've got the perfect place to shoot this. Um, <laughs> and My backyard. It, it, yeah, pretty much. It was such... I mean, you know, Christopher Nolan shot the Batman movies in Chicago, so come on, you know, you got director's prerogative. Um, and Chicago's doing great now. Yeah, th- <laughs> spending that Batman money. <laughs> <laughs> um, New Zealand is actually doing a little better from its movies. Uh, New Zealand, yeah, yeah. The, the Lord of the Rings, uh, the, both the, the production of the movies and all the money that the studio poured into the local economies, and then also the movies being such big commercial hits, was such mm-hmm. a big deal in New Zealand that uh, while the movies were being made, they actually appointed in the New Zealand government a member of the cabinet who was unofficially known as the Minister of Lord of the Rings. Oh my God! He that wasn't his official title. He was actually um, <laughs> he was actually the the Minister of Science, Research, and Technology. I believe okay. was his actual title. But one okay. of his one of his assigned duties. Uh, in the government during this period in the early 2000s when these movies were being made and distributed and everything was his job was to find ways to maximize the benefits to the New Zealand economy from these uh-huh. movies. So, the movie- so are they going to reanimate J.R.R. Tolkien's corpse and make him write more books so that <laughs> yeah, they can exactly. make more movies? Oh, we killed the golden goose! <laughs> it was probably this guy who was whispering in Peter Jackson's ear going, why not make three movies of The Hobbit? Come on. Oh, there was lots of people whispering um, in his ear. Yeah. So <laughs> why not seven? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's, that's uh, to me, that was the most interesting p- bit of trivia. I knew that, that th- these movies had been incredibly successful and very, very influential in New Zealand. Uh, mm-hmm. But I did not know until I was researching for this podcast that there was actually an unofficial minister of Lord of the Rings in the cabinet of the New Zealand government. Well, I have some trivia. You want to hear my trivia? I would love to. Okay, so this wasn't the first attempt to make these films. No. Um, and probably the most notable attempt, although it was largely uh, unsuccessful, happened way back in the 1960s. And that attempt was by none other than the Beatles. The Beatles <laughs> wanted to make their own version of Lord of the Rings, where John Lennon was going to play Gollum, McCartney wanted to play Frodo, Ringo was going to play Sam, and Her- and uh, George Harrison was going to play Gandalf. Oh, boy. And they approached a oh, director who was briefly interested, but ultimately turned it down because he felt that it was largely unfilmable, considering the special effects at the time and all that other stuff. That director was Stanley Kubrick. Oh, wow. So let's let's all imagine that a uh, Stanley Kubrick directed Lord of the Rings featuring the Beatles. <laughs> I have to say I feel a little cheated. <laughs> I... Cheated or did we dodge a big bullet? I... Did we dodge a really big bullet? <laughs> I, you Would know, that well... be the other movie that Stanley Kubrick never talks about? <laughs> It's like I I didn't make I didn't fucking make that goddamn gladiator movie and I didn't make goddamn Lord of the Rings instead of 
2001. <laughs> you could not get more than two good takes out of those fucking Beatles. As much as I tried. Yeah, I don't really want to make a fantasy movie. I don't want to make a movie that uh, takes place uh, at the dawn of mankind that goes all the way through to Jupiter. <laughs> you know, something realistic. Yeah, that's it. All right, that's enough true. There's, I mean, guys, there have been versions of this on TV in, like, Finland, and Russia has made versions of this, and there have been failed animation attempts, and people have been trying to adapt this into a movie going all the way back to the 19, 1950s. Yeah. But this was finally where t- I think technology finally caught up to a point in which it was conceivable that they could make it. Yeah. So, uh, you ready, Steve? Yes, okay. Talk about who done did it. Yeah. Let's talk about oh. let's talk about the people that are responsible for this. Okay, here are the people who are responsible for it. <laughs> it was directed by Peter Jackson. Now, Peter Jackson, up to this point, was more well known for making spooky, creepy, goofy, uh, really gross movies. Steve, like yeah. really explosively gross and violent films, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And then he made uh, what was it? It wasn't was it Beautiful Creatures? Heavenly no, Creatures. Heavenly Creatures. It's a really terrific which, movie. Yeah, it's yeah. a really great movie. Um, and I think did he make that America the Frighteners? Yes, he did. Before this, yes, yes. And he did. so based on I guess two films, he started shopping around and saying, "I want to make the Lord of the Rings." And uh, some people listened <laughs> and said, "You know what? Why not?" <laughs> the director of Meet the Feebles. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. So it was produced by Barry M. Osborne, Peter Jackson, Fran Walsh, and Tim Sanders. Now, um, this was, you know, they went to New Line Cinema, and New Line Cinema was actually the one, because they were shopping it around as as doing two movies. And New Line came around and said, eh, do three movies, why not? This is, I can't stress enough how risky this movie was, because this was like, let's just film three movies all at once, and we'll just put them out, one out every year. That would be great, and it'll suck up, I don't know how many years of Peter Jackson's life to get these goddamn movies out onto the screen, but it did yeah. suck up a lot of a lot of his life. Um, and produce a filming schedule that made the entire cast become friends, because that's all they were hanging out with <laughs> for... <laughs> <laughs> for more for about a year. Yeah. All right. Screenplay by Fran Walsh, Philippa Boyens, and Peter Jackson. They had the unavailable task of taking this relatively dry novel that reads kind of like a history and a lot of exposition and a huge amount of backstory and making it so that people who'd never read The Lord of the Rings would want to watch the damn film. Um, so that leads to based on the Fellowship of the Ring by J.R.R. Tolkien, who basically wrote a goddamn Bible, and even the publisher went, "No, no, no, no! <laughs> You're gonna have to chop this into three books, okay? Chop this book into three books, please." And he went, "All right, there, there, and there, and then give them titles." In fact, make the center book, give it a title that is so weird and doesn't even really pertain to much of anything. Why not? <laughs> it's like eh, the Fellowship of the Ring, and the Return of the King, and then the center one. Uh, big fight. How about <laughs> the big I fight? Don't know. Ooh, look, it's Gollum. How about that one? <laughs> Gollum strikes back. And two towers. All right, are there two towers in it? Who fucking cares? Just do it. <laughs> it's just what it's called. Okay. <laughs> Um, this is where I'm going to interject that I, I read the books almost every year. 
So, uh, you know where I'm coming from when we review this movie? Note note my silence. (laughs) I'm going to put this in here. Just the other day, while I was yelling at Steve over Facebook, (laughs) I just kind of broke into a a huge rant about uh, Bilbo Baggins' family's history. And I didn't have the heart to tell him that none of that was made up, Steve. You you turned into Stephen Colbert for an instant and just started blowing out Tolkien factoids. Yeah, me, Stephen Colbert, and uh, <laughs> and Chris Christopher Lee could have a nice long conversation about the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> that would probably be the one conversation between the three of you that I wouldn't be interested in listening in on. <laughs> if you picked any other subject, I'd be like, You'd be oh, like, God, cool. Jesus Christ, why can't you talk about how you killed people, yeah. Christopher Lee? <laughs> yeah, right. All right, it's starring Elijah Wood as Frogo, Frodo Baggins, Ian McClellan as Gandalf the Grey. Um, do you know some of the people that they wanted to play this part, Steve? Oh, it's, I imagine it's a, a long and interesting list. It is, but they only offered it to a few really notable people who turned it down. Um, Sean Connery, Ooh. who just doesn't know how to pick him anymore. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, here you go, you can play Gandalf the Grey. And he's like, I don't understand the script. Who's and then he turned interest? it down. And then he saw it was a hit, and he said, maybe I have bad decision-making. I know. I'll do League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and then I will stop making movies altogether. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> but do you know who else they offered Gandalf to? Who else did they offer Gandalf to? Oh, just a little actor. Huh? Patrick Stewart. Oh. And he didn't like the script, so he turned it down. So, <sighs> way to go, Patrick. <laughs> I knew there was a reason I liked that guy. <laughs> Vigo Mortensen as Aragorn. Um, you know who else they offered this part to? A lot of people. I do know. I do know that didn't they originally cast Stuart Townsend? Stuart Townsend was cast, and then they figured he looked way too young, yeah. and so they fired him. And then they um, asked Vigo Mortensen, and he said yes. And he showed up day of shooting when they were going to be shooting his stuff. So he really didn't have any lead time. I think it was the the weather top scene was his first day on set and first day, like two days after taking the part. Um, but they offered it to Daniel Day-Lewis. Hmm. Vin Diesel auditioned, because a lot of people may not know this, Vin Diesel is a huge D&D guy and a huge Tolkien fan. So he auditioned. I cannot picture him playing any part in any of these movies. <laughs> Other than an orc. That's, I mean, nothing against Vin, but I cannot picture him as Aragorn, son of Arathorn. <laughs> but there's another person that they offered this, this role to, and this baffles me. To I, Ever since I heard this, I have no idea what they were thinking. Are you ready? I'm ready. They offered the movie to Nicolas Cage. Oh. <laughs> I'm Aragorn, son of Arathorn. <laughs> Again. I feel cheated. (laughs) Okay, also starring Liv Tyler as Arwen. Uma Thurman was offered the part, but she got pregnant, so she couldn't do it. She was like, I'm pregnant, and it's a year and a half shooting schedule. No. (laughs) Sean Astin as Sam Gamgee. Kate Blanchett as Galadriel. And also the one star that I have actually met in person. And not at, like, some fan convention. We just were in the same place at the same time. She's a very tall, pretty lady. It was when she was shooting Blue Hallucination for Woody Allen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Blue Jasmine? Was that the... Blue Jasmine, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was around that time. 
John Rice Davies is Gimli. Gim, uh, John Rice Davies uh, went through hell to make this movie. Yeah, I can because imagine. Because he's huge. Make, he's huge. And, yeah, he's a really big guy, and he's playing a dwarf. <laughs> and sick the idea makeup, was that? The makeup that they applied on him gave him eczema under his eyes. Ooh. So he basically had, like, raw patches because he had to put on this appliance every single day. Uh, Lula, Billy Boyd is Pippin. Dominic Monaghan is Mary. Orlando Bloom is Legolas. Christopher Lee is Sauron. Now, as I said before, Christopher Lee has been a fan of Tolkien since the books came out, and he is the only person in the movie that actually met with Tolkien. And Tolkien said, "If they make a movie of this, you can play Gandalf." And he auditioned for Gandalf, and they said, "You know what?" <laughs> You really aren't a Gandalf, Christopher Lee. You know who you are. It's almost as if you were bored to play this part. But I want to play Gandalf. No, no, no. You're going to play Sauron. And he's like, okay, fine. Whatever. whatever. <laughs> Hugo Weaving as Elrond. Um, you know who petitioned to get this part, but they turned him down? Oh, who? Because they thought he was too big of a name and he would overshadow the character. Who? David Bowie. Really? Dave, yeah, David Bowie wanted to play... I, I know you don't like the books or the movies, Steve, but believe it or not, there's a whole lot of people that really like them, and David Bowie happens to be <laughs> one of those people. Oh, I'm well aware that I am I am not part of a vocal majority. I think the other thing is is that I think too many people would remember him as the Goblin King. Yeah. From Labyrinth. And they'd be like, oh, look, the Goblin King's in this. That's true. This was a crossover. The, this, this, this movie does kind of require the actors to kind of melt <laughs> into the part, you know? Yeah, yeah. kind of a little bit. Um, although they didn't know it at the time. They were just hoping that people would watch the fucking things. They didn't think that they would become like this thing. Right. <laughs> All right, Sean Bean as Boromir. Uh, Liam Neeson was offered the part, but he couldn't take it because of conflicts. And there was a person that really, really wanted it and approached the studio, and they never replied back to him. You know who that was? Who was that? Bruce Willis. Wow. <laughs> Are you starting to see the real weird alternate reality cast yeah. for this movie? <laughs> Ian Holm as Bilbo, uh, Lawrence Macore as Lurtz, the lead Urukai, the one that gets his head chopped off. Yeah. That guy, the really bad, evil guy, don't like him. <laughs> and Andy Serkis as Gollum, kinda. He's barely in this yeah. movie. <laughs> Blink and you'll miss him. As that thing in the shadows. Music by Howard Shore, cinematography by Andrew Lesney, edited by John Gilbert, production companies Wingnut Films, and the Saul Zantz Company, distributed by New Line Cinema, the the studio that Freddie made. It's really weird. Yeah. They've really changed their perception with this one film. They went from that studio that made all the Freddie movies to the studio that made all of the Lord of the Rings films. Uh, release date, December 19th, 2001 in North America. Running time, 178 minutes. Budget? Want to guess, Steve, what the budget was for this movie? You know, it's it's probably less than you would think given today's standards for a movie like yeah, this. Yeah, given today's standards. 93 million. Yeah. Which Box is a lot, office? but not like... It's a lot, yeah. but it's not like the 200, 300 million uh, yeah. budgets that we get now. Box office? Yeah. $871.5 million. <laughs> I guess that worked out for everybody. Yeah, yeah. They, they said, <laughs> let's go ahead and release the other two. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you talked me into it. All right, Steve. Come on. Okay. Get your walking sticks. Oh, Get your backpack on. Okay. 
put on a nice warm overcoat, waistcoat. Yeah. You got your waistcoat on. Yeah. You got little okay. things. I'm got some, some hair on your feet. I'm ready to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here, you get to carry the one ring because oh. fuck that ring. Okay. <laughs> no, seriously, you have to carry it because fuck it. I, I will put it on and I will destroy this entire world. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, give it to me. Give me the ring. Give me the ring. <laughs> Sorry, where are you at? Okay. All right. And let's. Run into the world. Come on, Steve. Uh, you can't just stand at the door. You have to come with me. I'm coming. All right, good. <sighs> and let's run into the world of, God damn it! get back out here. <sighs> can I just, I can see pretty much everything from here. No, we have to walk all the way to Mordor. Oh, my God. All right? Okay. And let's, let's run into the world of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings, colon, the Fellowship of the Rings. Steve? Yes. <laughs> take it away. <laughs> well, let's begin our epic film with a long monologue delivered over a black screen. <laughs> it wasn't a black screen. For the first like minute it is. It's, it's like, <laughs> oh, there's Kate Blanchett talking. And that, okay, I guess, is the projector broken? <laughs> um, she and, and in the beginning there was an age of exposition yes okay? yes there was the, there's a very expositiony prologue mm-hmm. uh where we learn yeah eventually the the it we get you know illustration of everything she's saying and we get sort of the prehistory of this story where yeah uh, sauron was a real bad dude who lived a long time ago and there yeah, were, he's got helm he's really like a devil but yeah. wearing armor yeah and he forged a bunch of rings and gave them to the leaders of the different races of people the elves and the dwarves and the men in middle earth yeah yeah and then and he was like there see there are your rings of power go you're awesome but aha he was here deceitful. you go idiots <laughs> yeah he was deceitful because he forged a ring of power for himself that could control all the other rings and he was like i'm sorry somehow. i'm a badass he, he can control the other rings somehow yeah yeah it's just it's not really investigated into how it's everybody done. just kind of accepts it like oh obviously i know uh in the similarian you see there's oh, God. don't do that i'm not going to do that in this <laughs> review <laughs> okay <laughs> Steve started to fall down on the ground and curl himself up into a ball. Please, please, please. <laughs> um, yeah. So and uh, so we meet Elrond. Yes, because right? he was because he's an he's an OG. He was back there in the in the day. When well, they he fought is, is immortal. He was. They came from the west and they populated. He's little he's little really oh okay. Well, he's just he's really I can't old. Stop myself. He's just really old. He's old. He's, he's yeah. And then there's fighting, and then um, uh, a guy's father dies. Yeah. And then uh, he goes, oh, no, you didn't. And then um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Sauron goes, ha, I won. And he crushes this guy's sword, and he's going to reach down and grab him, which is a rookie move. Yeah. You should have just bashed him with the mace, because you see him earlier, and he's just swinging that mace and knocking, like, 500 people all in a blow. And then... Um, the dude like slices his finger off and, that had the ring on. And Sauron's like, oh, in, in retrospect, it was probably a mistake. To Maybe have I really shouldn't wear my weakness. ultimate power. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Oh, well, you know, vanity is the downfall of many. I that's, guess that's how it, that's just how it goes. Yeah. So the so the yeah. the guy chops off Sauron's finger, and Sauron's like, oh no, and you know, okay, it's it's Sauron. <laughs> Sauron. Sauron is the pterodactyl dude from marvel comics oh i wish he were in this movie 
<laughs> um, Sauron is is defeated, and uh, <laughs> and the guy. <laughs> The guy. This is more fun than I thought it'd be. <laughs> and the guy, uh, Isildur, right? That's his name. Isildur. Isildur. <laughs> Isildur. He um, he uh-huh. he takes the ring, but instead of destroying it, he's like, "I'm gonna keep this. I'm gonna keep it because it's cool and I like it. And also, the ring has this kind of weird addictive quality to it. Yeah, it even sizes itself to his finger, right? It like kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's a really he's convenient like, thing. Yeah. I mean, why, they, I don't know why they don't sell them today. <laughs> rings of power. Yeah, it sizes. You want to imagine the size? internet if everyone had a ring of power? Yeah, come on. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, he keeps it, but then the ring's like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> and he, I'm out of here. He, and then he gets found by this dude, and this dude uh, is Gollum, and he's like, "I got it now." And he takes it into a mountain, and he turns into a gross thing. <laughs> and then another little dude shows up. And his name is Bilbo Baggins, and he finds the ring, and he's like, oh, that's cool, and he puts it in his pocket. That's gonna happen in a different movie, uh, arguably the worst. Prequels just, prequels don't work. Why? <laughs> Especially when prequels are made on, like, a 200-page a children's book, and you make, like, it's six 300 pages. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> a 300-page children's book stretched into nine oh, hours God. of film. Why? Oh boy, okay. Why? Okay. Anyway, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it for we the dis- prologue. We dissolve to a map, one that I have right there. Yeah, okay. On my wall. And <laughs> it's always a sign of a well told story when you need to print a map along with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd had to have your map in the theater or you wouldn't know what's going <laughs> that's true, on. You yeah. had to have the Who's book this guy? and you had the map. You need the similarity, and you needed, you know, yeah, so you can look at stuff up. That's that's true. When when I saw it in the theater, they didn't even turn the lights down because all the talking nerds are in yeah. there with their books, going, "Okay, mm-hmm. yeah." So uh, we cut to the Shire, yeah, where all the little hobbits um, live, and where all the little hobbits live. And we see this one little hobbit just kicking it, <laughs> and he's reading a book, and he hears something, and he pops up, and who's that, Steve? It's, who's the guy? It's Gandalf. No, it's Frodo. Gandalf. That's the guy who's oh, that's the guy who's... No. Oh, yeah, that, but the thing he hears is Gandalf. Right. Yeah. He runs up Frodo and Gandalf's sees, there. Yeah. He's like, hey, buddy, we know each other somehow, <laughs> and we're really happy to see each other. Yeah. And they're like, hey, how you doing? And we go into Hobbiton. Did, I want to hear it. Describe Hobbiton, Steve. <laughs> go ahead. Stab me right in the fucking heart. Do it. It's, it's like a little village with a bunch of people living in it. Oh, okay. You weren't as mean as they're I thought like. You were they're little be. farmer people, I guess. It's like it's like a medieval <laughs> it's like a, a, a medieval fairy tale village, but everybody's really short. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not as fairy tale as they could have. No, it's not nearly as fucking whimsical. That's one of the things I like about this movie is it's not. There's no whimsical shit. Yeah. In this movie, really, no pixie dust. No, yeah. Anyway, so Gandalf and Frodo, they're like, hey, I know you, you know me, ha ha ha, it's Bilbo's birthday, everyone's setting up to get ready for this huge kegger that's going to be <laughs> happening later on. And then uh, Frodo's like, okay, I'm tired of your old man smell, see you later, and he leaves, <laughs> and uh, Gandalf rolls up to, uh, to Bag End, which is the house where the Bagginses live. See, it's clever, yeah. Bag End. The Baggins right? Estate. And hobbits live under the ground. Well, okay, hobbiton hobbits live under the ground. Tooks don't. They live on the houses. Okay, I was, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna say that, but you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, he's like banging on the door, and he's like, "Yo, bitch, it's me, Gandalf." And uh, B- Bilbo's like, "Go away, leave me alone. I don't like people or something." Yeah. <laughs> but then he sees uh, Gandalf, and he's like, "Everything's cool," and he invites him into the house. And Bilbo's like, "I'm leaving." <laughs> By the way, I'm leaving forever. I I like this place, but I just can't stand being here. I want to go and see mountains, and I want to write my book. And I feel really bad, and I got this ring of power that's kind of like heroin mixed with crack, mixed with something else that's addictive that I like, and I pet it, and it's my precious. doesn't say that then. No. But he's a um, little attached to the ring, and Gandalf is like, just, ah. That's weird. He keeps rubbing his pocket. I wonder what that's about. Oh, well, let's go smoke. So they go out, they get high. They're smoking their pipes, and then we go to to the party and everyone's having a okay there's one thing you gotta admit hobbits know how to have a good time they do they and they love their fireworks they love their fireworks they fucking love their food yeah. they like getting drunk <laughs> <laughs> which i guess is why gandalf likes them so much he's like those hobbits know how to party well i mean okay knowing what you know about the rest of middle earth and you go to fucking hobbiton That's and true. no one has a goddamn care in the world and they're just there to have a good time That's true the the elves aren't exactly a barrel of laughs are they no they're boring as fucking shit they're a little severe a little heavy <laughs> i wrote this nine hour epic poem about a flower gandalf would you like to hear it no I have to go back to the Shire. I'll see you later. <laughs> Goodbye. They have pipe weed and drinking. <laughs> yes, I think I, I forgot my staff. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So we see the party, and Bilbo tells a bunch of cute little kids about... He basically tells them a story from The Hobbit. Yeah. And then uh, it's time for him to give a little speech. And he gets up there, and he's like, Hey, I like all you guys. Uh, I love the Shire. Basically, everything I kind of said to Gandalf earlier... Um, I'm leaving, and then he takes something out of his pocket, and then he disappears, <gasps> and everyone has a mild freak out, and then goes back to drinking. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> I wonder what that was about. <laughs> oh well. I guess Bilbo's they start gone drinking. Forever. Bilbo is invisible. Yes, and you see the gate open, and he goes back into his little hobbit hole, and he takes off the ring, and he's like, "Ha ha, suckers!" And he's packing, to get ready to go. But Gandalf's there, and he's not really happy about what happened is he steve no he's like so what's the deal with that ring (laughs) (laughs) and he's like don't worry about it i'm i've left everything to frodo he gets the whole house and everything i'm leaving i'm gonna go on another adventure probably wind up in rivendell and gandalf's like you better leave that ring and he's like i don't have to do anything you say you old fart leave me alone and then Gandalf's like, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> and he suddenly gets real dark, and the whole house starts to creak, and his voice gets real low, and he scares the piss right out of Bilbo. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'll leave the ring. And then he starts <laughs> to leave, and he still has the ring. Yeah. Hey, ring, come on, cough it up. And he's like, no, it's mine, it's my precious, I love it. And he's like, someone else called it depression, and he was a gross guy, he ate raw fish. He's gross. Why are you talking like him? <laughs> I'm kind of obtuse right now. Right now, I'm kind of like Gandalf the Obtuse, because yeah. I haven't been able to figure out that the ring that is really scary and could destroy us all is, like, fucking right there in your goddamn pocket! <laughs> That's not the ring, is it? And you've had it for 60 goddamn years! Yeah. <laughs> but finally, uh, Bilbo drops the ring on the floor, and he gets outside, and he's like, Later, bitches! <laughs> and he leaves. 
And Gandalf goes back and he's going to be like, I'm going to pick up that ring. <laughs> and then he reaches down and the ring's like, hi, I'm evil. And he's like, I'm <laughs> oh, not going to touch that. I'm never touching that goddamn ring. <laughs> I better not. I better go get high in front of the fireplace. Yeah. So he's getting high in front of the fireplace. And what happens to He you? gets so high, he starts to get a little paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. Frodo And Frodo comes back and Gandalf is sitting there just high as shit. <laughs> and muttering th- th- things about yeah. it, and uh, Gandalf mm-hmm. scoops up the ring in an envelope. No, he doesn't. And Frodo picks oh, no, up Frodo the ring. Frodo picks it up, yeah. And uh, Gandalf is like, hey, that was Bilbo's, and now it's yours, and Bilbo's gone, by the way. And he and left you have all this whole house. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just don't, ignore the wet spot in my robes. Yeah. I gotta... Go look up some stuff. Yeah, everything's fine. Don't tell anybody about that fucking ring. Everything's fine. Hide the goddamn Hide ring. Hide the ring. Don't Is let anyone hidden? know it's here. Everything's fine. Don't use it. Don't don't <laughs> don't put it on or touch it or look at it or think about it. I'll be back. Don't think about the ring. Do I have to hit you over the head until you know you're knocked unconscious? <laughs> and so uh, Gandalf takes off. Right? Yeah, he says he doesn't. He say he has he has to go. Uh, or no, this that's later when he says I have to go see the the head of my order. This is when he just goes to do like he just goes to the library. Yeah, he goes to Gondor. Yeah, he goes to the White City, and and he has to do a little research. Yeah. and he's going around. There's nothing better than watching an old man smoke a pipe and do research, right, oh, Steve? Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> and he finally finds this piece of paper that conveniently tells us everything almost about what happened in the beginning of the movie. Hmm. So we're just kind of waiting around for Gandalf to figure out something we already yeah. know. Right, Steve? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Not because we read the books, but because the movie told the us movie told at us the very already. beginning. We know what the ring is. They showed us. They showed us what that was. Right? Yeah, yeah. But then he reads it, and he's like, hey, uh, my name's Ilzador, and I got this great ring. It's so <laughs> fucking awesome. And it's gold, and if you put it in some fire, some writing shows up on it, and it's super cool. It used to belong to Sauron, but I totally killed him by accident. And ah, nothing bad will ever happen to me. Goodbye. And Gandalf goes, oh, oh spaghetti. <laughs> this is bad. Right? And then we cut to a weird scene where we're in Mordor, right? Yeah, Snake Mountain. We're at Snake Mountain. Skeletor's there going, God damn it! Where's the ring? I just paid this off and you fuckers moved in! (laughs) (laughs) And um, we hear someone scream Shire Baggins, and then these big doors open up, and these black riders come riding out, huh? Oh, they seem important. They seem important and scary. Yeah. And um, then we come back and... Uh, Frodo's drunk and he just came out of the bar and he's like good night Sam it's so much and he goes into the into his house and uh, Gandalf's there and he's spooky <laughs> and he's like ignored the wet spot on my robe because <laughs> I, every time I think everything's okay I find out something else and I pin my pants a little bit I'm an old man <laughs> <laughs> and he's like okay so you didn't tell anybody about that ring right Right, because here, I gotta tell you something that we've already told the audience twice. So I'm gonna tell you again, okay? It's really Listen, bad. Because you don't know. The audience knows, but you don't know. Okay, you ready? This ring is really evil, and, and um, the 
Dark Lord wants it, and I can't touch it, but I'm going to let you paw all over it. <laughs> you, you just do whatever you want to it. <laughs> you keep just turning it over and over in your hands and rubbing it like you're doing. It's fine, but I can't touch it because if I touch it, bad stuff, right? Yeah, because bad I'm things. an incredibly powerful wizard, and if I mm-hmm. have the, the evil ring of power, then it'll use me to just fuck everything up. And that, we can't do that. Yeah, so, that's bad. Yeah. And Frodo's like, okay, well, we'll hide it. And he's like, you can't, what the, what? <laughs> look, I just found, look, no, don't find it. You, We got to do something. I wonder what. <laughs> I can't take it anywhere. What are we going to do, Frodo? If I can't carry it, what will we do? We'll tie it to a pigeon leg. <laughs> no, Frodo, <laughs> will you please pick up on what I'm dropping on you? <laughs> You want me to throw it into the pond? Oh, oh Frodo. All right, let's, let's go over this. I can't touch it or carry it or hold it. It can't stay here in Hobbiton. And it's got to go someplace. <laughs> and it's currently in your hands. So you want me to mail it someplace? Oh, God. No, I want you to take it. I want you to take it. I oh, want you to take it. Oh. Okay? Oh. We've got to take it somewhere. Safer. Should I than here. Should I put it on? No. <laughs> no. Don't put it oh. on. Just put it in your pocket. Just put it put oh. it on the ground. Put okay. it on the ground and step yeah. away from okay. it, okay? I'm not touching it. Good. Don't look at it. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm averting my gaze. Anyway, so Frodo says, I'll take it to... Uh, he says, meet me at the Inn at the Prancing Pony at the town of Bree. Which is outside of the Shire. It's kind of like this town that's right next to the Shire. So there are people that live there, and then there are hobbits that live there. So they know about hobbits, too. Um, and he says, meet me there at the uh, Prancing Pony. I'm going to go see the head of my order. He'll know what to do. Yeah. Because he's a straight-up trustworthy guy. He doesn't look evil at all. <laughs> nope. He's wearing white. <laughs> of course he's a good guy. He de- he's called Sourman the White. <laughs> he definitely won't betray us to the darkest evil imaginable. Nope. <laughs> but I'm going to go again, and you go. And then they hear something outside the window, right? Yeah, they've got Sean Astin's out there. Boy, once you get an infestation <laughs> of those, there's just no getting them out. Yeah, Sam is outside. And he knocks him on the head, drags him in, and forces him to go on this journey with 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 Frodo. Yeah. He's like, oh, do you have any wife or children? No. Good. Because <laughs> there's a high probability that not, neither one of you are coming back. What? <laughs> Just, Just go. go. Shut up. Do what you're told. And so he sends them on their way, and then he rides off to Isengard, which is this big black tower. Wait, let's go back. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to the head of my order, who does not have really creepy white share hair, <laughs> and a black staff, and lives in a giant black tower. <laughs> and isn't played by Christopher Lee. And isn't played by Christopher Lee. At his spookiest. <laughs> <laughs> So we intercut with Frodo and Sam walking, and we cut back, and he shows up at the tower, and he's like, Saruman, I really got something I gotta tell you. And Saruman's like, oh, I'll act surprised for a little bit. Okay, sure, why not? <laughs> the ring? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, really? Actually, he's a bit more of a dick. He's kind of like, okay, let me get this straight. The ring's been there for 60 years. You didn't You didn't even know, did you? You didn't. You, you high motherfucker. We <laughs> yeah. have been looking for this goddamn thing. And he's like, look, things are worse than... Come on, come inside. I want to read a book at you and be scary. 
<laughs> no, I, I'm not going to read a book. I'm just going to be scary. Okay, listen. Um, bad shit. Um, the Dark Lord's regained most of his power. He's now a gigantic spooky eye that's sitting on top of a tower. That's I couldn't do that. Could you do that, Gandalf? Could you turn yourself into a giant flaming eye? I, Could you? I never really thought about it. But... I don't even know what spell you have to do to even try. I... Oh, okay, look, I have trouble doing the spell that makes my tea in the morning. He's a gigantic flaming eye! So, you know... So there's a term from where we come from. It's called, we're fucked. <laughs> we're fucked. So I say, we join the bad guys, <laughs> and we just have a good time, right? Come on. Well, first he has to let it, let it be known that the Nine have left Isengard. And they don't tell us who the Nine are. We don't get to find that out yet. Yeah. But those are the spooky guys wearing black, riding around on spooky horses, just riding around killing hobbits. Just for no reason. <laughs> they, they show him... Uh, scare one hobbit who's just chopping wood and he's like bag where's baggins and he's like over there don't kill me and they ran off and then there's another guy who's like stop and they're like fuck you and they kill him <laughs> and yeah and then he's like listen we're gonna join the dark lord because it'd be a good thing to do that way we can be all powerful and stuff and uh, oh yeah i'm evil i use this thing called the palantir which is like like a cell phone like it's like a middle earth cell phone <laughs> uh, that me, that's me talking to the Dark Lord And uh, oh yeah I talked to the Dark Lord And I'm evil yeah, He's pretty cool by the way the Dark Lord yeah. Gets a bad rap and then, they have a, yeah, and then they have an old school wizard fight yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where these two old men beat the shit out of each other Without touching one another <laughs> But then Sauron gets the upper hand And he's like I gave you a chance to be my bud And we're not buds Goodbye And he's like throws him up in the air and we're like oh well Gandalf was not in here for a long time I guess he's dead huh. <sighs> so we're back to the hobbits and the hobbits run into who Steve well they're, they're walking through a cornfield and they run into two other hobbits Merry and Pippin who are I That's guess right. stealing corn they're stealing crops yeah. from some dude and uh, um, they're like hey what's going on and they're all friends and then they run away and they fall down a hill and then they see some mushrooms and then what happens Steve <gasps> It's the the big scary guys. Well, one, one of, of the big scary guys. Yeah, and the, he's on a horse, and he's all black and all in robes, and he's all super scary. And uh, he's he's he Frodo uh, and Sam and everybody they hide from him, and the the guy shows us how terrible he is at his job because <laughs> he looks around. and He's like, well, I guess they're not here. Yeah, and Frodo almost puts on the ring. Yeah. And as he's trying to put on the ring, the big scary guy is like, I, I, I feel something spooky. <laughs> oh, oh, what's that? <laughs> what's that? I, I know that feeling before I lost my soul. What was that? <laughs> and then they start getting chased by the spooky guys, right? Yeah. These four little hobbits, and they're running around, and then they get to a river, and then they get on the river, and the, the spooky guys all ride up, and they're like, we don't do water. <laughs> and then... They they ride off, and then the hobbits show up at Bree, and there's like a watchtower guy there, and he's like, come on in, and they go in there, they go to Prancing Pony, they meet the, the the innkeeper, and they're like, we're here to see Gandalf, and he's like, I don't know who that is, and they're like, Gandalf, fucking, he's Gandalf, gray, pointy hat, and he's like, oh, I haven't seen him in months, and they're like, oh, no, right, yeah, Steve? Yeah, where is he, where is the Gandalf at, and so... So they're like, and you know what else? For a name, an inn named the Prancing Pony, it sure is full of scumbags. <laughs> yeah, it's a very whimsically named place for like. It seems like kind of a dive. That's mean you go to the Prancing Pony and fuck some holes and drink until we can't stand up. 
Exactly. I don't know. I'd rather go to the gleeful unicorn. That's <laughs> <laughs> a bit too rough, isn't it? I don't know. Since they closed the Laughing Fairy, there's been no fun in Brie. <laughs> the Laughing Fairy. The Twinkle Toes Inn is my favourite spot. <laughs> Man's got to be able to handle himself, though. Uh, every night, 12 to 15 murders. <laughs> That's dur- What a great place. That's during happy hour. I don't know. Nothing will ever top the giggling baby. <laughs> They try to murder you the instant you walk into the goddamn door. The floor sticky with blood. Welcome to the giggling baby, they say, and then axe right in the face. <laughs> Talk about a steep cover charge. And of course the worst part is, is there's a baby right there on the mantle. As soon as you get the axe in the face, it giggles and giggles. <laughs> Which, after you say it the first time, you're like, alright, that makes sense, I suppose. <laughs> you feel good now that you've either got a horrible injury or that you're dying. That You see, at least you made a baby yeah. happy. <laughs> you're like, oh, my life's not been totally wasted. That little fella's anyway. having a good time. <laughs> okay, so yeah, they, they, so they just... The hobbits, yeah. yeah, they sit down and they eat and drink. Yeah. And then... Fucking Pippin. God damn yeah, it. Yeah, he gets drunk and he starts shooting his mouth off. Because yeah. they're not, they're not like, supposed to t- say who Frodo is. Because the Baggins right. is one of the pieces of information that the, the writers have that they're looking for. So they're not they're supposed to keep their mouths shut about who Frodo is. But he can't do no. that. And he starts pointing him out. And then Frodo's fingering the ring again. We get a lot of shots of him fingering that ring. Yeah. He was fingering the ring. And then uh, he gets up to try to stop him. He falls over. The ring flips up and lands right on his finger. And what happens to him, Steve? He goes invisible. Yeah. And what about what does he see? Uh, well, from his perspective, uh, everything gets all like super blurry and kind of dark and yeah. inverted. Mm-hmm. And then he also sees uh, the eye of Sauron. And what is, what is it doing? It's, what does it say? It says something to him. I don't know. Yeah. And he takes the ring off, and there's been this guy in the bar looking at him, and he grabs him, and he says, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Come here, dipshit. <laughs> he drags him upstairs, throws him in the room, and he's like, look, let's go over what Gandalf told you not to do again, please. <laughs> By the way, I know Gandalf. We're buds. Not yet, because then his friends bust in yeah. through the door, and they're like, we're going to kick your ass if you heard Frodo. And he's like, I could kill all of you and just take the ring right now. But I'm not gonna, because he's a good guy, right? Who is he? He Well, at this point, we, we know him as Strider. Right. He's a ranger. Yes. He goes out into the wilds where it's all dangerous. Strider, Middle Earth Ranger. How you doing? My name's Strider. <laughs> <laughs> and so it turns out he knows Gandalf, and they're like, mm, okay. And he's like, something's coming after you. And then we get this scene where we see the guy at the gate again, and he's like, oh, look, Riders in Black. Well, just hold one second so I can open the door. But they don't wait, and they knock it over and crush him. And they ride in on their horses to sneak into the bar. They go up to the rooms where the hobbits were, and we think they're all asleep, and they stab the beds at the end. Movie's over. <sighs> Sadly. Only two hours. <laughs> Sadly, that is not the fact. That is not the case. What happened after that, Steve? There was a, well, it turns out they were too smart. And the the Hobbits and Strider are actually somewhere else. In the same town. Yeah. Not like miles away. Yeah, they're, they're, they're somewhere mm-hmm. safe. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I guess, and this is the point where Strider unloads a little bit more exposition. And he's like, yeah, so those guys that are chasing you, those were the nine kings of men who Sauron gave rings to. 
and yep. now they're ring wraiths and they just they're like they, yeah they're hollow empty yeah. shell they're things. neither they're dead just, nor alive and they're just all about getting the ring scary huh yeah. let's go <laughs> <laughs> they'll never stop hunting us they're unkillable like did i mention that they're un okay look I've lost so many friends to these guys, and they die in horrible ways. There's no way to kill them, so we're just going to have to... Look, we're not going to connect with Rivendell, okay? <laughs> just give him the ring, man. <laughs> <laughs> they go into the wild, and there are more shots of these hobbits walking, and uh, we cut back to... Um, we cut back to the tower where uh, Saruman's, like, beating up Gandalf a little bit. He's, like, stranded him at the top of the tower, and he's like, oh, no, no, this is a different one. We just see Gandalf, and he's up on the top. Yeah. No, he's up there. No, we don't even. Is this... Th- we cut back to... We cut back to... <laughs> I keep getting confused up. I'm confused up, Steve. <laughs> it's him telling his goblin... His goblins, his orc friends, you know what I don't like? Trees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get rid of all those fucking trees. Chop them all the fuck down. <laughs> and he's, like, turning his, like, tower into a really bad place where they're burning up trees and they're making weapons. And and I'm just going to include all this stuff in here so we don't have to worry about cutting back and forth. And then he, uh, I guess, makes Urukais out of the mud. Yeah, he makes himself some people. <laughs> he makes some people for himself. Some fighting people. Yeah, and they pop up out of the gross, and they're gross, and mean looking, and much bigger than the other orcs. And he's like, I'm so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I do this years ago? And then we cut up to Gandalf, and Gandalf is sitting up there on the top of the tower. It doesn't look good, does oh, it, Oh, no, how's he gonna get down from there? He looks pretty upset, yeah. and uh, then a little moth flies down, and he grabs it, and he eats it. No, he <laughs> grabs it, and then he talks to yeah. it. And it's a cute little moth. It's the cutest little moth ever, and then if he talks to it, and it flies away. That end. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to make one more friend before the end. It's like, no, leave me alone. If you're not going to eat me, just let me fly away. Cut back to uh, this place called Weathertop, and um, they're all camping out, and Strider's, I, he says, I'm going to go, I can't be, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> Something along those lines, I gotta go be by myself, because I'm mopey, I'm mopey, yeah. that's, my, that's my thing, he's, I'm, I'm mopey. He's tortured, he's tormented, yeah. yes. You guys stay here. Frodo wakes up and they're cooking breakfast or cooking food. And he's like, look, stupids, don't. <laughs> We're on the run. People, they'll find us. <laughs> here, I'm going to put out the one thing that they don't like. <laughs> yeah. And he stomps out the fire with his bare feet because hobbits can do that because they have leathery soles on the end, bottom of their feet. They can do that. Anyway, <laughs> so. But as soon as that fire goes out, what happens, Steve? The, the bad guys, the ring wraiths, show up. Oh, and they're yeah. like, hey, we saw you. Now we're going to kill you and take the ring, okay? Yeah, and instead of killing the other hobbits, they just kind of push them aside. Yeah. And then Frodo falls over for like the hundredth <laughs> time in this movie. And Frodo's got the ring out. And he's like, I know what's stupid. What's the thing that Gandalf told me never to do? I don't know, but this ring tells me it's a good idea, so I guess I'll do it. <laughs> he puts the ring on, and what happens? Uh, the bad guys are, are in the... The other world that he sees when he puts the ring on, they're there too, but, and but they're all in white. And he sees what they actually look yeah. like, right? And they're all like ghost, yeah. ghost people, and they're all like ghost zombie guys. And they're like, did you really think that was going to work <laughs> with us? <this?" laughs> Hi! 
here, I'm going to prove to you that we can see you. And one of them takes a dagger and jams it right into his shoulder. <laughs> but then who shows up? Steve? Strider. What does he, he do? He fights him off and he's like, I have, there has to be some competent character in this movie and it's going to be me. And he fights. We get some more later. <laughs> yeah. But so he fights him off and Frodo is all fucked up. And, and yeah. Strider says, okay, so Frodo's really fucked up and he's probably going to die because yeah. I don't know how to heal him. His wound is too bad. So we have to go to the elves. He needs elf. He needs elf medicine. Well, they were going there anyway. They're going to Rivendell, yeah. where the elves live, to the last homely house where Elrond half uh-huh. lives. <laughs> yep. I don't care anymore, Steve. It's coming out. <laughs> so they're on their way there, and he's like, I, he's dying. <laughs> but someone shows up, right, Steve? Yeah, yeah. A pretty elf lady shows up. <laughs> What's her name? Uh, Arwen? <laughs> You know, Arwen. Yeah, Arwen, and she's like, "Ha!" And but you know, when when Frodo sees her, she's all glowy. Yeah, but she's not really all glowy. Everybody else, and she's like, "I'll take him. I'll put him on my horse. We'll we'll ride." And then we get an extended horse chase because she's getting chased by the, the Nazgul, and she's riding, and then she crosses a river, and then the Nazgul get up on the other side, and they're all like, "Bitch, please!" And she's like, "Come on, come here, come on." Come on, stupid! Cross this river <laughs> that like, you know is enchanted. Oh, okay. <laughs> we enchanted it. Gandalf and Elrond enchanted this goddamn river. Sure, why not? Cross it. I dare you. I double dare you, bitch. Here we go. I double dare you. Let's go. Here we go. <laughs> and they go across, and what happens? A big torrent of water in the shape of horses comes raging across and and floods the river and and sweeps them away. Yeah. Bye, ring race. Suck on that, you bad people. (laughs) But, uh uh-oh, Frodo falls down again. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm dead. And she's like, I'm crying over you, even though I don't know who you are, really. We've only met, like... Ten minutes ago, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, she gets attached to people easily. I guess. And then we have a whole bunch of weird scenes where he sees faces and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's kind of like a dissolve effect. And mm-hmm. and he wakes up and he's in a bed somewhere. Yeah, he's in the river. Uh, <laughs> he's in the river. river t- <laughs> I and- can't get the joke out. Fuck it. Fuck it. Two attempts and I'm done. No. I was going to say he's in the Rivendell Sheridan. The Rivendell Sheridan. This is a nice room. You elves really put up a nice spread. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and and Gandalf is there. Holy shit. How's Gandalf? What's Gandalf doing here? And so he's going to, he says, well, here's a flashback. Yeah. He said, look, we we jumped ahead a little, but let me completely negate that by telling you what happened. Here's, because Frodo's a little, he's like, why weren't you at the Prancing Pony, you fuck? (laughs) You asshole. like, Okay, well, let me tell you this, and then you can shut your fucking mouth, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Turns out my boss, huge dick, and he was beating the shit out of me on top of a tower. And then an eagle came and saved me. (laughs) (laughs) I guess the the moth was buds with the eagle. Yeah. Go bring me an eagle, okay, man? Yeah, bring bring me an eagle. And uh, he's like, oh, okay, cool. (laughs) <laughs> well, as long as you had a good reason yeah, for standing he, me up at the Prancing Pony. Yeah, he reunites with his friends, 
And they're like, I guess we can go now. We brought the ring to Rivendell. We can go home. And he's like, yeah, we can go home. That'd be great. And then we cut to Elrond. Oh, we see Elrond earlier. He comes in and he says, welcome to Elrond. Oh, welcome to Elrond. <laughs> welcome to Rivendell. Or Elrond. Why not? Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> and Elrond's like, we're doomed. You get that? We're fucked, Gandalf. Sauron <laughs> <laughs> was right. And oh yeah, by the way, us elves, we're all leaving. Did I mention that? We're leaving, we're going back to the west. We're done with this place. It's it's awful and we hate it. And we're leaving. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Look, you have no one to help you. Men are gross and bad and we don't like them. Even though one's trying to date my daughter, I just uh. <laughs> <laughs> just don't even get me started. Like I don't know what we're going to do, but it's your problem. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Let me know how that turns out, or don't. I don't care. And uh, he's like, no, we have people coming, and some people show up in the courtyard. Who shows up in the courtyard? Uh, people, they're representatives from, from the other races. There's the, yeah. what's his name, the, the John Reese davies dwarf guy. Gimli. Yeah, that guy. He's there. And, yeah. uh, and Orlando Bloom, Legolas, he's there. He's like, hi, I'm in the movie. Legolas Greenleaf. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> and Boromir. And, and Boromir, yeah. Yeah. The Boromir, not suspicious. Not suspicious, not suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's like, well, we're going to have this big council. But first, Aragorn goes down into the library where that broken sword that Isildur used to cut off the ring from Sauron is. And he's like, <laughs> my ancestors are bad. That means I'm bad. Because they like the ring, and I'll probably like the ring too. Right? Yeah, because I, it's it's it's. I think it's a little bit later in the uh, in the council meeting where they they come out and say it. But Strider is Aragorn, who is like the heir to the throne of Gondor. Yeah, yeah. So he's an important person. He's not. He's just an important normal... person. He's just not some junkie, you know, ranger. <laughs> he's not just a cop. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we find out that Arwen and him are in love. Aww. Um, but he's like, you, yeah, I'm bad, and you're too good, and you're leaving anyway. So, whatever. A lot of dewy, quiet moments. <laughs> Don't care about. We get to the the council, right? Yeah. He calls the council together. They're all sitting around the dais, and he's like, "Hey, we're here because the ring's been found. Frodo, show us all the ring." puts out this simple golden ring and everyone has a freak out and Boromir's like we can use that to destroy the guy because I'm from Gondor and Gondor's been keeping you guys all safe and when we want to take this ring we're going to use it and other people are like fuck you don't you understand (laughs) it's a bad thing we gotta destroy it and Gimli's like yeah and he's the only one that did what I would have done which is immediately get up and try to destroy (laughs) the ring try to destroy it exactly doesn't work (laughs) nope and he's like, look, you stupid dwarf, didn't you hear what we said? Nothing, nothing, no one here can destroy the ring. No one can. Nobody. <laughs> Don't you think we thought of that? Sit down, you numbskull. The only way we can do it is by going to an impossible place to destroy it where it was great, and that is in the fires of Mount Doom, which is this volcano that's in Mordor. That's right, I said that. We need to go to Mordor. One <laughs> of us is going to goddamn Mordor to drop this ring in a volcano. And everyone's So who like, wants to go? <laughs> who wants to go? And then they all start fighting again. And meanwhile, Frodo's been having a freak out, and he's like, oh, the ring, or something. <laughs> and he jumps up and he says, I'll do it. I'll do it, you fucks. Look at me. The smallest out of all of yous, you bunch of cowards. Yep. Hate all of you. <laughs> and he takes the ring and he just stomps off. And he takes the ring, puts it on, and everyone starts dying. <laughs> 
Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Oops. Now he says, I'll go, even though I don't know the way. And then Aragorn goes, fuck, I'll do it too. Fuck, I'll go. I'll protect you. And then a bunch of people volunteer. Who volunteers, Steve? Oh, Gandalf, of course. He's like, of I'll course. go. Shit. Uh, Boromir's going. Because Gandalf seems a little upset that this, that, that Frodo is going to be the one. Yeah. He seems a little conflicted. He does. Yeah. And he likes Frodo. He doesn't want to see him die, but I think he knows. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> this is bad business here. <laughs> Oh, who else? It's for, uh, it's... Uh, Gimli and Legolas, mm-hmm. and basically all the all the characters whose names we know at this point. Boromir, uh, <laughs> and then if, and the, the other hobbits say, "We'll go too." You know, yeah. so Merry and Pippin are going along too. If, if anyone was paying attention, that the voice he just used for the other hobbits, I think, pretty much sums up how Steve feels about them. <laughs> we'll go too. And and then and 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 then. Um, Elrond mm. says the title of the film. He yeah. says, "You're the Fellowship of the Ring." Now get Music the fuck swells. out of here. <laughs> Leaf. There, it's settled. Go. I got packing to do. Yeah, and then they all get. They're gonna leave, and Arwen gives Aragorn a necklace, and they leave. And then we have shots of them leaving, and they're riding over stuff. And then they have this thing where some birds come, and some scary birds fly over them. And yeah, and they have to go a different way than they were yeah. going to go. And they're like, we're going to go, we'll go this way, we'll go over the mountain. And Gimli's like, why don't we go through the Mines of Moria? And Gandalf's like, no. And they're like, okay. And so they try to go over the mountain. Frodo falls down and loses the ring. Boromir gets it and he goes, not suspicious, not suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> I want the ring, it's not a big deal to me. I could you know, take it or leave power. it, but can I have it? Can I have it, though? Yeah, I could take it, dude, just no. I mean, I'll carry pretty. it. If you don't want it, I'll carry it. I don't care, but I'll carry it. Mm-hmm. But I don't care. They try to go up over the pass, but Saruman is like, hey, guess what? I can make weather, bitches. And he dumps a bunch of snow on them, and the hobbits are going to freeze to death. And they're like, we got to go a different way. And then so Gandalf is like, okay, we'll go through the Mines of Moria. And we cut to Saruman, who seems to know everything that Gandalf's trying to try to do. And he's like, he's going to go into the Mines of Moria. <laughs> I was hoping he would, the bastard. <laughs> Grignac, come here. La, la, la. I have no one else to talk to. I'm talking to you. Guess what Gandalf's going to do? <laughs> <laughs> he's going to try to go through the Mines of Moria. <laughs> <laughs> Because apparently there's some spooky, awful shit down there, right, Steve? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Gandalf's like, I really don't think we should do this, but whatever. Uh, let's go ahead. Shit. So they go up to the front door, but it's locked. Yep. Gandalf's got to say a magic word to open it, and it takes him a long time to figure it out. And meanwhile, they're throwing rocks into the lake that's right in front of the door, and then the door opens. They go inside. Everybody's dead. <laughs> <gasps> Whoops! It's a bunch or- of dead dwarves, goblins, or something. Yeah. And they're like, "Fuck! I knew we should have gone the other way." And they run outside, and there's a big, goopy tentacle monster outside. <laughs> yeah, yep. And it, it grabs Frodo. Frodo. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they all chop it. at it and shoot they it. They chop at it. They and... get him. They get it. Yeah. And then they get back inside, and then it collapses the doors, and they're now stuck in Moria. Right? <laughs> well, I, I guess we're going through the mines. <laughs> and then Gandalf gets lost because he's an old man. <laughs> There's some speaky parts, and it turns out Gollum, the guy from the beginning of the movie, is following him. And then they find a crypt. (laughs) And they're like, oh, here's what happened in here. Bad shit. Goblins came, and there's another thing, and then another spooky thing. And it came and killed us all. Don't come in here. But I guess if you're reading it, it's too late. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then Pippin knocks a corpse into a well by accident. It makes a lot of noise, huh, Steve? Yeah, it wakes up a bunch of orcs, I guess. Goblin, goblin orcs. Goblins, whatever. They're goblins. Like, they're bad people, and they're like, hey, who's in there? Well, let's go yeah. kill everybody. And they've got a cave troll, which yeah. is like a really big, gross thing. <laughs> and they shut the doors, and then they got to fight, and then they fight, and everyone fights, and there's fighting, and more fighting, and uh, people shoot arrows and stabbings, and Sam's hitting guys with this, this skillet. <laughs> and then the great big tr- uh, cave troll does something to Frodo that should have probably killed him no matter what the fuck he was wearing, right, Steve? Yeah, but, but luckily... He was wearing this magical elf armor that Bilbo gave him while they were in Rivendell. Which we forgot to mention. Yeah, Bilbo that was in Rivendell. <laughs> yeah, Bilbo was in Rivendell. He's aged a bit. And he gives him his old sword, Sting, which glows blue whenever there's orcs and evil things. And he gave him a magic shirt that is made out of mithril, which is super tough and can't be stabbed. And he gave Frodo a nightmare when he saw the <laughs> ring hanging around Frodo's neck, and he turned into a scary monster creature thing for a brief second when Just he reached for, for it. And then he was like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> you need to get the fuck out of this room with that ring around your neck. You got me, Frodo? <laughs> I'm your future. Bye-bye. <laughs> yep. You want to know what the ring does? You just saw me. You're going to meet this guy named Gollum. That ultimately is what happens. Yeah. It's not good. Have fun. Anyway, so it turns out Frodo isn't dead, but now they've got to run, right? <laughs> yeah, because there, I, there's more uh, there's more orcs on the way. Yeah, and something else. Oh, yeah, a big scary monster A big thing. boomy kind of yeah. thing. And they run and they run. They run down some stairs, and the stairs break, and they got to jump over the stairs, and then they run, and they... They get to a bridge yeah, that has no handrails. It's the most unsafe bridge I've ever I seen know. in my Middle, whole life. Middle Earth really needs an OSHA. I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, sorry, got to shut down the mines of Moria. This bridge doesn't, it's not up to code. You, gotta, you ain't got also, no railing, there's no net. Did you guys know that you had a Balrog infestation down in the lower depths? Yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> you can't safely work here with Balrogs running around. Yeah, they just, you know, they mess up all kinds of things. <laughs> like wizards and shit. Yeah, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> they get across the, the bridge, and then who shows up, Steve? Uh, Mr. Balrog shows up. Yeah, what does he look like? He's like a big bat-looking demon thing, and he breathes right. fire. He's like kind of a dragony guy. Yeah. He makes he makes uh, Satan's dick feel small. <laughs> yeah. He's huge and fiery. And- yeah. Got a whip and a sword. Yeah, and Gandalf's like, just run, okay? Because he's, he's, he's bad. I'm going to sort this guy out. Yeah, I can handle this. You just guys, give me some room. <laughs> Watch me work, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use all the magic that I forgot about until just now. Yeah, he goes out there, and he goes out onto the bridge, and he says, no, yeah. no, Balrog. You're not you're not coming this way, so just turn around, okay? And then he says probably the most famous line from this movie. Yeah. Which is You You shall not pass And he taps his his cane, his his staff <laughs> down and the Balrog's like, I'm too stupid to know what you're doing and he steps forward and the bridge collapses. And the Balrog falls down, even though he's got wings. The Balrog falls down. <laughs> hey, he wasn't expecting it. <laughs> and Gandalf says, see, I told you, but the Balrog whips his whip and catches his leg. And Gandalf, like, falls, and he's like, 
I'm too old to keep hold my weight. <laughs> I want just out keep, of this movie. Just keep running. No, he does. He knows what's coming up. <laughs> I want a costume change. And he, and, he, and he falls. Yeah, and everybody's really upset because everybody loves Gandalf. Yeah, and if you hadn't read the books, you would be really upset. I knew plenty of people hadn't read the books, and they're like, oh. But we've got to run the movie directly into a wall and run to La Florian. Yeah. They're like, God, they're coming after us. we got to run to the elves. And they're running to this woods, and Gimli's like, this is a bad place. People come in here, and they never come out. Everybody? Well, mostly dwarves. The dwarves oh. come in here, and they don't come out. <laughs> and they get stopped by a bunch of elven guys, and they're like, you're going to come see the lady. And they go see the lady. And who's the lady, Steve? The lady is Galadriel, played by Kate Blanchett. Yeah, and she she's telepathic. Yeah, she's like an elf witch queen lady. She's not a witch, Steve. Whatever. She's whatever. <laughs> whatever. She's a. You she's know, not a witch. She's magic y. She's got lots of magic y powers. She's got magic running all through her bodies. And she's like, hey, everybody, I know what you're doing. And they're like, Gandalf's dead. And they're like, that really bums me out a little. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were pretty fucked beforehand. Now Gandalf is dead? Good Great. job. Yeah. <laughs> Real good job. Well, I guess you guys can sleep at the base of our trees. It's all, you know, we're elves. Fuck it. We don't... Whatever. <laughs> Do whatever. We don't care. We got in, get a nice little scene with Boromir and Aragorn, because Boromir um, is the son of the steward of Gondor, and Gondor is the kingdom that Aragorn is supposed to rule. Right. And Boromir's been a little bit of a dick to Aragorn, because he's like, we don't need no fucking king. Thanks for abandoning us, asshole. <laughs> yeah, you jerk. But now he's a little bit more forthright, and he's like, my, my, my dad's failing. Reed, he's batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll do anything to protect our people, and we don't have anything. And maybe one day both of us will go back, and we're like, yay. And the elders are singing a song about Gandalf. Everyone's bummed out. Then they go to bed. Gladrail comes down and is like, hey, Frodo, come here. I want to freak out a little bit. I want to freak out just a little bit. Takes, takes him down to this bowl of water. Which is called the Mirror of Erised. That's right, I said it. And <laughs> everything has a name. Everything has a name. And she says, Hey, look in this bowl. I'm gonna show you nightmares. And he looks in there <laughs> and he sees all the members of the fellowship. And then he sees the Shire burning and orcs killing just about everybody, and they're all covered with blood. Yep. And guess and whose fault that's gonna be? <laughs> it's gonna be yours, Frodo. It's gonna be yours. Well, and that's like, a little you, upsetting. Mm-hmm. Well, you can here. You can take the ring. T- take the ring. And she's like, "I could do it. I could take that ring." Oh boy, <laughs> want to see what I'd be like if I took the ring? <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes a little cuckoo crazy, and she's like, "If I took the ring, I'd be all evil too." But I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go to the west, and I'll be glad real flirt forever. Because remember, I told you the elves are leaving Middle Earth. That's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, she tells Frodo, uh, she says, look, you have the ring and bearers of the ring are always yeah. alone. Yeah, they're always alone and they bear a burden. And she also tells them that even the smallest person can change the course of history. And he's like, why is everyone with the short jokes? Yeah, like I'm an uh, average size for my yeah. species. Like I don't think of myself <laughs> as short. I mean, comparatively, sure, I get it. <laughs> 
So they're about to take off, and she gives everybody gifts. She gives him a little uh, file, a little jar thing. And he's like, we can't have weapons? And he says, no, I'm giving weapons to Strider and to the elf guy. The guys who actually know how to use them. <laughs> we forgot to mention that Gimli's kind of fallen in love with her. And he, he we don't, uh, okay, that's in the extended edition, isn't it? I can't remember. I can't, I don't, yeah, I don't think that's really, that's in this cut. Yeah, that's, I conflate them because I've watched the extended edition so many times. Okay, in the book, he, she gives her three strands of her, of her hair because he's, like, really in love with her. Oh, like, God. really. Creepy. Well, I mean, yeah. what do you want? What a creep. He didn't ask for, well, okay, well... Yeah, he did ask for them. He did ask for them. <laughs> he did. It wasn't like she said, here's some hair. <laughs> Look, I know you dig me. Here's some hair. Just you go. dwarves are hairy. Here's some hair. Just weave it into your beard and just go. I don't want to know what you do with it. Just get out. Yeah, They give him some stuff and they get in some boats and they go down and they see, you know, a couple of statues that seem to be singing Stop in the Name of Love. Yes, totally. (laughs) Then they they stop for a little while and Boromir's like, give me that ring. (laughs) (laughs) He and Frodo are alone. He's like, give me the ring. And Frodo's like, no. And he's like, give it to me. And they wrestle and then Frodo again puts the ring on. And runs away. Boromir has a freak out. Then he has a moment of clarity where he's like, what have I done? Oh, I'm weak. Oh, boy. I did a bad, bad thing. I better redeem myself <laughs> real quick. Yeah. And then uh, Aragorn finds Frodo. And Frodo's like, look, I saw a lot of things. And um, I'm pretty sure that everyone's eventually going to try to go for the ring. And I can't be in a group of people I'm leaving alone. And Aragorn's like, I would have stayed with you. And he's like, I know, but I really don't trust you. I'm sorry. But <laughs> your ancestor, like, totally took the ring. <laughs> he, like, blew this whole fucking thing, you know? He could have just, he was literally. He was right there. <laughs> and he didn't do it. And I know that's not your fault. That's your burden. I know you carry around a lot of guilt, but still. Peace. I'm out. <laughs> and then Aragorn's like, well, now what am I going to do? And luckily for him. <laughs> All the Urukai show up Yay. with a bunch of murder all the hobbits on their mind. Because <laughs> Saruman sent him out and he said, I want you to go find the hobbits. I want you to bring the hobbits back to me. Yeah. And then kill everybody else. And they're like, okie dokie, boss. Gotcha. <laughs> and so Aragorn starts chopping up the uh, Urukai and Frodo takes off. And Merry and Pippin see him and they're like, here, come here, hide here. And he's like, nope. And they're like, oh, he's leaving without us. And they're like, no. And they run out to go get him. And then the orcs see him, and they're like, we're going to be a distraction. Hey, chase us. And they go chasing off. And now Legolas and Gimli are fighting, and Aragorn, they're all fighting. And Merry and Pippin are running, and uh, the Orkai are about to kill Merry and Pippin. What happens, Steve? A Boromir shows up. That's right, because he's still feeling bad about what he did. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I'm going to overcompensate. <laughs> and and he starts fighting off the Orokai, and yeah. then he gets shot about a million times with arrows. Those weren't arrows, like, those are fucking good. tree trunks. <laughs> yeah. oh, this, this isn't good. Yeah, he uh, keeps fighting, even though he's got a, uh, two arrows stuck in him, and then that third one, ooh, that's bad. <laughs> that's the one. And then Lurtz. <laughs> The head Urukai's kind of come up, and he's just like, oh, this is great. I'm having a great day. <laughs> and he's going to put one, I guess, right in his head? Yeah. And then Aragorn shows up, and they have a fight. Yeah. Oh, and that's gross. He chops off Lurtz's arm and then sticks him in the <laughs> gut, and then Lurtz pulls him, pulls the sword through his guts. <laughs> 
Who do you Just think so you're we... fucking with here? <laughs> I'm alert. <laughs> I'm going to be here forever. Head cut off, falls on ground. Tis but a flesh wound. <laughs> Aragorn finds Boromir, who's still alive, right? Yeah. And Boromir's like, I failed. Uh, I'm a loser. Um, Gondor's, fuck it. We're fucked. They're right. We're fucked. <laughs> Especially Gondor. And everyone's like, oh, look, it's okay. I'll be king. You know, I'll, I, I swear. I'm not going to say that I'll be king, but I'll say that I promise yeah. Gondor will be okay. I'll go back. I won't let Gondor fall. Yeah. And Boromir's like, cool. Good enough. Bye. <laughs> and he dies. <laughs> Meanwhile, Frodo's trying to leave. He's got a boat. He's taken off. And Sam shows up. Yeah. And Sam's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, leaving. And he's like, nope, not without Sam. <laughs> I have no identity apart from you. <laughs> he jumps into the he jumps into the water to go after him. Nearly drowns. Gets pulled up onto the boat. And Sam's like, you're such a dick. We're best friends. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Plus, they I promised hugged. Gandalf I would keep an eye on you. Now, you know, Gandalf's dead, and I wouldn't want to betray yeah. my promise, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so they go off, and uh, we come back, and they put uh, Bormir's body in a boat. Because it's easier than burying him. Yeah. They put him in a boat, right? And, and they just the send it over, over, over a waterfall. A waterfall. And little Middle-earth river creatures eat them or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's the circle of life, you know? It's, yeah, it's circle of life. Gollum probably ate him. Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Gimli's like, okay, so we're fucked, right? We failed. Everything's bad. The We're not going after Frodo, and everything's bad, and I'm stuck here with this filthy elf, because well, we forgot to establish. <laughs> elves, elves and dwarves don't like each other a whole lot. I'm kind of on the dwarf side. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to trust a people who are immortal. Yeah. But um and always pretty and really, really good with weapons. It's kinda I don't know. Anyway, they're like, Well, we're just, are we we're not gonna leave Mary and Pippin to be you know, sexually assaulted by those orcs, are we? <laughs> I guess not. Because we forgot to mention that, too. The orcs took Merry and Pippin. Because remember, Saruman wasn't terribly specific about his orders. Right. He didn't say, bring me the hobbit with the ring. He said, just bring me the hobbits. Yeah, bring me the halflings. And yeah. they're like, mokey dokey, boss. We and got you some hobbits, boss. <laughs> Do they have the rings? Uh, what? What? You didn't <laughs> Okay, your work order did not say anything about a ring. Well, number one, you never mentioned a ring. Well, I don't want to tell you about the ring. Well, but you just did. Okay. All right. Maybe if you had said it earlier, we, you know, I mean. I'm going to make some more better, fault. smarter ones. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they took Marion Pippin, and Aragorn's going to go, like, let's go, let's go after them. And I'm like, yay, murder. We like it. Because they're not real people. They're not people. I mean, they talk. They talk. They have some sort of culture, but they're gross. So it's okay to kill them. <laughs> And then we cut back to Frodo and Sam, and they're standing at the edge of... They can see Mordor from where they're standing. And Frodo's like, well, thank God, it's just the two of us. And Sam's like, yup. The end. Uh, <laughs> fade out. So, Steve. Yeah, man. Knowing what hangs in the balance. <laughs> yeah? This is what's called critical blackmail. <laughs> 
on a scale of nine to ten what did you think of this film what do you how do you feel about J.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Rings. Oh, I forgot the colon. Colon. <laughs> Are the talking nerds going to revoke your membership card if you don't enunciate <laughs> don't the colon? Care. Um, okay, so, I mean, from how we've joked about it up to this point, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't hate the movie as much as we've sort of let on that I do. <laughs> I don't... I. I'll say this. I'll start. I'll start with the good parts. Okay, mm-hmm. it's an exquisitely made movie. Uh, the set design is fantastic. Um, it, the places, the imaginary places, feel like real places. Of course, the location shooting is amazing because it was all shot on location in yeah, New Zealand. Thank God, have, location shooting isn't yeah. that a novelty now? Yeah, really. Uh, you have these just amazing vistas, and Jackson, you know, uses these big sweeping shots of of the the, the landscape, and all of that is just tremendous. Um, you know, the, the the costume design is great. The acting is good. I like all of these actors. Um, and they all perform that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of very earnest performances in the movie. Like you can tell that everybody is really trying to just make this mean something and they're just really going all out and playing their characters as well as they can. So there's, there's nothing to, to really not like about the way the movie is made or, or the way the actors ply their trade or anything like that. But you know, that animated GIF of Judge Judy, where she's impatiently tapping her watch and pounding on the <laughs> desk. <laughs> that's that's me watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Me watching this movie is is a series of just sort of okay. Now let's get on with it because there's and I don't I don't want to I don't want to downplay the amount of adaptation that took place here because I know that there was I'm not overly familiar with the books but I do know that there is there was a lot of transformation that took place from page to screen like this is not oh, yeah. this is not like a literal translation of the book to the movie they 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 even in this version and I think even in the extended version uh they do cut a lot of stuff out they do rearrange some things they do compress some things it's not as literal as I am sometimes tempted to say that it is or at least to say how it feels um they did do a lot of that of adapting when they wrote this screenplay but there's so much exposition there's so much here that to my eye as someone who has no allegiance to the source material uh just doesn't need to be there i feel like i mean and i know the, the extended cut of this is like four hours long yeah um i i have not seen that um but i cannot imagine i would think of it as an improvement i think this movie is it is easily an hour too long and could have lost there's so much stuff in here that just could you could just completely chop out and the movie would be so much better for it i was i was after i watched it the other day to prepare for this i was talking about it with my wife and we both said you know i would totally watch like a 90 minute cut of this movie because there's enough stuff in there that is good there are enough scenes that are interesting and well constructed and have a certain internal suspense or chemistry or or drama to them that if you cut out all of the fat and all of 
the exposition and the nine or ten fucking shots of people arriving at like a new place and the camera pulls back and like ooh the underground dwarf city ooh look isn't that cool yeah but we already did that with the fucking elf city and with the fucking hobbit town like we a movie can do this once or twice every time we show up to a new place there's like that wide beauty shot of ooh look like alright come on we're, we're two and a half hours in let's fucking get on with this you know and that's that's how I feel about it and that's what really uh, more than anything else it's it's the length and it's the amount of, of to me superfluous material that that prevents me from really enjoying this movie um, I've said before and, and you know, of course, from us knowing each other, that the high fantasy is not one of my favorite genres anyway. Um, nope. I except don't, for He-Man. Except for He-Man, which you get in, which is, which, which, unlike this movie, is fully aware of how silly it is. Boy, and, I can't wait for that David S. Goyer written oh, and directed He-Man that, movie that, that's coming out that in the next be, couple of years. Well, that will be your sweetest revenge. You'll be like, hey, did you see that He-Man movie? How about that, huh? And then um, ten years after it, we can review it. Yeah, boy, that'll be a wonderful show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I have no attachment or reverence for the source material. I don't, I, I, I never read the book, so I didn't go into the movie with any kind of expectation or attachment to it um i you know when i when a certain character comes on screen like i don't have that moment of recognition of like oh it's that person or i just none i feel no connection to the movie other than what the movie shows me and to me the movie is way too long it's way too full of itself it it, there's the 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 theme the, the the big musical theme in this uh in this score where, which only actually hits once or twice the big sort of the brassy you know theme where they play when they're there's one of the shots when they're walking somewhere and it's like uh, mm-hmm. it's big and plotting and pompous and has mm-hmm. and and it's and it's like oh it's that movie that's the movie it's this big plotting pompous movie that could be if it was just tightened up and was a little snappier and lost you know uh, about a third of its running time uh, could be be a decent movie because it's again like I, I like all the actors watching this movie I kept imagining all these actors in better movies you know I'm like <laughs> oh Ian McKellen he was so good oh oh there's Hugo Weaving oh I loved him you know mm-hmm. I mean I I uh, Vigo Mortensen I was like man I want to watch History of Violence <laughs> you know like I just keep imagining these actors in better <laughs> movies Elijah Wood The Ice Storm oh I love that movie um, you know so it's not that I dislike the movie in and of itself and I, I certainly think that that Peter Jackson has a great deal of, of talent as a director but I just I mean when he's interested when he's in yeah when he's interested and he obviously has a great fondness and a great devotion to this material um, and I just think this is maybe one of those cases where it wasn't such a good idea for him to have final cut. <laughs> like the final <laughs> final cut should have belonged to some ruthless editor who didn't care about the Lord of the Rings books. And his job was just make this the best two hour movie that it can possibly be and just mercilessly slice this to pieces and assemble a really tight, really good two hour epic adventure movie. And I think that could have been something. But as it stands, even though I, I, I can't honestly say I hate it and there's a lot to appreciate but it's way too windy and it's way too fucking long so there you go I hope you guys enjoyed the late seating podcast (laughs) (laughs) well I can't counter that other than I'm going to use your own words against you okay go for it I think it was from the Hulk review yeah (laughs) oh go for it 
there's nothing I can counter the counter uh, to that other than that's your opinion. No, well, no, and look, I can't, you know, no, 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 no. I, I will, I will, I will say this. I will. No, yeah, I know. Yeah. I will agree with you that it is very, very long. And in fact, I think this was probably one of the longest movies out there at the time. Mm-hmm. No one was really making super long movies. That's something that's been occurring uh, over and over again recently. Where movies have been extraordinarily long. And this kind of set that tone because all three of the films are very long. Now, I watched the special editions. In fact, I watched the special editions so much that I forgot uh, when things are missing <laughs> from from the theatrical cut. I'm like, oh, but well, we're supposed to go from there. That's not... Okay. Yeah. Let's lay it out there. I do like fantasy when it's done well. How often is it done well? Almost never. Almost never. <laughs> Um, it's either too whimsical or so sweet and, oh, just hate it. Just don't want to watch it no more. Um, and I'm also a fan of these books. I'm a fan of that, that genre. And the Lord of the Rings is considered literature by some. It's also kind of kicked off that kind of nerd culture and that kind of nerd culture is, and it was wholly endorsed by Tolkien is create a world that has a huge amount of backstory that has a huge amount of characters in it that feels like a history that you're that that's being related to you put out a book that explains even more stuff about the world which was called the similarian and have all of these ideas and stuff like that and people hooked onto the onto the lord of the rings and they loved it one of the problems with this film is that it has to do, do it has to do two jobs it has to satisfy the fans of the novels which can't be discounted because that was the audience that they were making the movie for Mm -hmm. because no one was making fantasy films. No one was fucking putting movies into three fantasy films. So the only people that they thought that were originally going to go see it were going to be fans of the book. Now, was that a safe bet? Yeah, because almost everyone on the goddamn planet, except for Steve have read these books. (laughs) They'd been translated, and now this was before we started marketing worldwide, but these books had been translated into different languages and read in other countries from Taiwan to Finland to the Soviet Union. Remember I mentioned that there had been other versions of this attempted in other countries? That's how popular these books are. So they knew that if they deviated too much and cut out too much, people would be upset. And since ultimately they were, for the most part, making a movie for the people, it basically to the initiated, I think it suffers for those people who aren't. I know a lot of people who have the same opinions with Steve. It's a gorgeous film, it's well acted, but it's too long. That is just too long. There's too many walking scenes. There's too many scenes of fucking people walking. I would have a problem with that if the cinematography wasn't good. Boy, does he know how to shoot his own country. <laughs> he really knows how to make his country look fucking neat. But I can see how <laughs> having these long shots of people just walking through a countryside, you would start gritting your teeth. I even mentioned it before. There's instances in which the script repeats itself several times. We really don't need the opening bit. No. We don't need the flashback. We don't need to know about how the ring went to Isildur and then it went to... Because they're going to tell it in flashback anyway. <laughs> Elrond in the middle, we're two hours in, and Elrond goes, well, you know, I was there when Isildur did the fuck up. That's where you put that scene in. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
but it's like we're going to do a callback to something that we saw at the beginning that we didn't need because we get that explanation, then we get another explanation, then we get another explanation on, on top of that. They repeat over and over again. If you don't know that the ring is bad and evil by the end of this movie, <laughs> you weren't paying attention because everyone says it, right? Yeah. That is nailed home. So there are repetitive bits, but the thing that keeps drawing me back to this movie, the thing that I ultimately am draw to, it is not necessarily the cinematography, it's not the sets, it's not the attention to detail on the costumes, it's not even fucking Hobbiton. What keeps drawing me back are the relationships between the characters. Specifically, between Frodo and Sam and the rest of the Fellowship. If they had missed that, if those characters did not sync up well, this would be... Oh boy, this would have been a really hard movie to sit through. Just like with all other forms of media, if you're just going to go to a movie, you know, 2001 is a pretty dry film. Because you really aren't going for the characters. Not really. Unless you're going to go see Hal. And you're like, oh boy, I, go, I hope this time when I watch it, Hal succeeds in murdering all the astronauts. <laughs> Finally, a character to root for. You're not like going, yes, the monkey man at the beginning of the movie triumphed. You're not, that's not there. I'm not saying that takes anything away from 2001. I'm saying it's a different kind of movie. And for me, it, what hooks me are characters, setting. And so a number of things happen. We also have to remember that they're making these movies and they know that there are two other movies after it. Some people have said, you spend too much time in Hobbiton. We need to spend time in Hobbiton because we want to, we need to set stakes for Frodo and for Sam. What's at stake for Frodo and Sam if they don't do what they're going to do? Not the nebulous, you know, big spooky man that we've never seen is going to come <laughs> back and fuck up our shit. It's like we come from a really neat place and we want to make sure that that neat place stays neat. And that neat place so that when we think back to Hobbiton, we're like, oh, yeah, that was a pretty cool place. You know, people are pretty chill. They're nice to each other. They enjoy party. They drink. They laugh. It's pretty cool. Be a shame if anything happened to it. Okay, I get it. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't go back to Hobbiton for another six hours. <laughs> Movie-wise. <laughs> And one of the other things, and one of the problems, I think, with this is that because it's been made into three movies, we don't get the complete character story arc. Because the story arc is being played out over three films. So we don't get to see where these characters are going to wind up going. There is not... I mean, we have... Aragorn is like, my ancestor was fucked up and I've got all this insecurity and uh, I don't really think I should be king. Not because I don't want to. I could totally do it, but <laughs> I'm not good. Uh, I won't be good. And I, maybe I like evil or something. That gets set up in this film, but it doesn't get paid off until later. It's the same with the books. Although Aragorn really doesn't have an arc in the book. He's not conflicted in the book. He's like, yeah, that's right, bitches. I'm the king. I'm awesome. I'm going to be king someday. But in this one, we're introduced to the characters. The next one, we put them in peril. And in the last one, we resolve it. Sound familiar? (laughs) So if you're expecting completion, and that's the other thing. I think that may be unsatisfying for some people who watch this. The only person that actually has a story arc in here is Boromir. Boromir comes in, he's like, I want the ring so I can defend my homeland. And you're a dick, Aragorn. (laughs) 
he softens <laughs> to that the end, when he dies, it means something. It also means something to Aragorn, which is a character we're going to be spending a lot more time with over the next two films. So this movie needed to sink its claws into you, get you to care about the characters and what's going to happen to them afterwards. You need to be able to like them. And I like all of the characters. I fucking, I love Saruman. I love him so much. And it's not just because I love Christopher Lee. I just love the way he plays Saruman. <laughs> so, um, to me, the positives outweigh having to, you know, go through all the walking stuff. And I'll tell you right now, guys, now that we live in the modern age, I just skip over all the walking parts. <laughs> And I just go to the parts that I like. You have your own private. I don't have to. <laughs> your own private I don't have cut. to. Yeah. It's like, bang. Oh, I'm right at the right at that scene. You shall not pass. Oh, Lorian, bang. Right over right to where they start fighting orcs. I just skipped all that shit. <laughs> so I appreciate what Steve's saying. I'm angry at him for not liking the movie. That's stupid. Don't ever not like somebody because they don't like a thing you like. Dumb. I, I mean, I'm sure we have differences in food preferences, too. Right, Steve? Probably. Probably. We don't know. We don't eat together. <laughs> <laughs> don't make it weird. There's a thing that I would like to comment on in regards to this, since we built it up so much in, in, je- in jest. Yeah. But you see it all the time in the internet. Your opinion is wrong. That means you're wrong. You're a stupid, you're a stupid bitch face. Go die, because <laughs> your opinion is stupid. I don't believe in that, and neither does Steve. No. If you like the movie, great. If We've said it before. If you didn't like the movie, that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. There's no law that says everyone has to like the same thing. I can completely understand why Steve has problems with the length. But at least he appreciates the other good parts of the film. And I would love to see what a hard edit of this movie would be like. I think it would feel like it's in fast motion. I would feel like I'm just <laughs> screaming through Middle Earth. Well, because you're used to watching the fucking assembly cut. Yeah, I want a seven-hour cut of this movie. You're like, where's the half hour they cut out before they got to the extended I want the one where they put in the cuts where they forgot to turn off the camera, and it's just (laughs) paused on nothing. Just just, just edit in bloopers. I don't care. We're inside inside bag end. Frodo gets up, and it's just on. And there's not even anything in the frame. It's just a a semi-blurry background and maybe a cup. Just a 40-minute static cut of the the Hobbit. I'm trying to wonder... I think what Peter Jackson is trying to say with this three and a half hour shot of this cup is that ultimately. <laughs> but what about so where Steve... you can overhear Ian McKellen out of character in the background? <laughs> <laughs> Just talking about how much his nose prosthetic hurts. Um, so, Steve, yes. classic or not classic? Oh, not classic. <laughs> Not classic. I, I put. I, I add this, this this movie and this this franchise in general. I put mm-hmm. in a list of things that I acknowledge are popular, and I respect mm-hmm. the fact that people that I respect like them very much. But I just yeah. don't get it. <laughs> well, I do, and so does a, a bunch of other people. Yeah, I know. I know. So I I know you're stuck with it, but it is classic. And I think that out of some of the movies that we have reviewed that are considered classics, <laughs> I'd much prefer this movie becoming a classic than some of the other gross shit we've seen <laughs> that are considered classics. Yeah. At least this one has fairly decent messages in it. Yeah. And it's about, you know, like friendship and not about how great slavery was. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, Steve, yeah. now it's time for us to recommend or not recommend something yes. for people to see. Steve, what would you like people to see instead of Lord oh, of the Rings? Well, you know, it's funny. There's a movie that I've been I've been thinking about a lot recently, just in general, and I was really thinking about it when I was watching uh, Fellowship of the Ring. And it's a movie that... It actually has some of the same problems that I found in Fellowship of the Ring, um, but to a lesser extent. And it's also a lot shorter, which is which is good in my book. Um, <laughs> but it's a similar story, uh, roughly. You know, it's there. Uh, it, it's um, it it has it's very elevated and very epic, and you know there are battle scenes and there are very uh, characters giving inspiring speeches. And it all has a very literary sort of feel to it. And mm -hmm. it is a film of one of the most celebrated uh, works of drama in the history of English literature, which would be uh, Henry V by William <laughs> Shakespeare. And mm -hmm. there have been a couple of, of well-regarded cinematic versions of, of Henry V. Um, and uh, the one I'm, I'm going to recommend is not probably the best uh, attested one, which would be the Laurence Olivier version. Um, mm. I'm recommending um, the more recent one from 1989, which was Kenneth Branagh's directorial debut, which is Kenneth Branagh's version of, of Henry V, where uh, oh, yeah. where Branagh played Henry and also adapted the screenplay and, and directed. And it is uh, a, a pretty good adaptation of, of the play. There's a lot of editing going on. It really shaves the play which was huge down to a, a, a decent running time it's about two hours and, and 15 minutes or so why didn't um, you get that note for hamlet yeah oh yeah see the hamlet is actually a, a, another one because uh, Bronn is hamlet i have a lot of the same problems with as i have with fellowship of the ring where it's like there's parts of it that i think are brilliant there's just way too much of it <laughs> you know it's like yeah. somebody should have cut this fucker down um <laughs> and and, but with Henry V, he, he he does a pretty good job of keeping it at a, a manageable running time while preserving all of the parts of the play that anyone who's familiar with it would want to see and and would expect. And and it's all carried off very well. Um, the Of course, the St. Crispin's Day speech is there and Brana does a good job of it, although I think the score almost ruins it. The score is way too big and intrusive and would be that, that scene would be better off without that score because it's like the speech itself is huge and Brana is like hamming it up as much as you can. And then behind it there's this big score and it's like all right jesus i get it um but but yeah it's 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 not perfect the battle scenes kind of drag a little bit the ending isn't great but that's that's a problem with the original play as well that the ending is sort of like okay and then some more stuff happens and some more stuff happens and that's it thanks have a safe walk home everybody <laughs> you know um but it's a really overall it's a very strong very well done adaptation of henry v great great acting great cast uh derek jacoby as chorus does a great job popping up here and there and being like isn't this some shit you know <laughs> directing speaking directly to the camera like it's fucked up right um <laughs> but so anyway so that's i i i am not a fan of, of fellowship of the ring but i am a fan of brown as henry v and if uh if you are one of the contrarians like me who think that uh fellowship of the ring is too damn long you might appreciate henry v which is an hour shorter and uh has many of the same good qualities that i found in fellowship of the ring but in a much more easily digestible package are you done i'm done okay good as you know <laughs> i like to not recommend a movie from the same year that uh we just reviewed and it was 2001 
And there's a movie that came out this year that I not only not recommend anyone never seeing, um, I think the film should probably be destroyed if it hasn't been done so. Oh, already. boy. <laughs> the movie I'm going to not recommend you ever see, ever, is a little film called Evolution. Ooh. Directed by Ivan Reitman. Ooh. Starring David Duchovny, Orlando Jones, Sean William Scott, and Julianne Moore. It's a movie about a meteor that crashes in the desert, and there's life on the little thing that evolves at a rapid rate, and people gotta stop it. Sounds like a simple plot, right? Simple plot. Simple sci-fi-y kind of plot. What it actually is, is Ivan Reitman trying desperately to copy the success he had with Ghostbusters and failing miserably with a series of really unfunny jokes in a movie that ends with our heroes shooting head and shoulders shampoo into the asshole of a giant alien. Yeah. Isn't that a great product placement, Steve? Oh, yeah, how did they pitch that to the head and shoulders people? See, what we're going to do is we're going to use your product and it can kill the aliens and we're going to shoot it into the alien's butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Sold. Sounds great. It's an awful movie. It fails at humor. It fails at, at comedy. You know, it had CGI effects in 2001 that everyone was was trying to pick up and use. It didn't everything just kind of looked like a fucked up dinosaur? There's a joke in there in which the little alien has a big butt, and of course Orlando Jones goes, "Look at the booty" or something like that. It, the, yeah. This movie was upset with butts. <laughs> An alien gets inside of David Duchovny's butt at some point. Just butts. It should have been called. It should have been called butts. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a piece of shit. Don't go see it. Don't ever see it. Oh. Don't even think maybe it's so bad it's good. Bad comedies don't ever qualify for that stipulation. <laughs> Remember, bad dramas and bad action movies do. Oh. Bad comedies are just bad. So don't go see it. Hey, Steve, I just realized something. Yeah, what'd you do? You're probably the same thing I just realized. <laughs> what are we going to do next? Gee, Steve, what's that? <laughs> Usually at this time, we mention the movie that we're going to review next time. And guess what? We, we forgot to pick one before we started recording. <laughs> Yep, because we're geniuses. Yay. We didn't. We were talking about something else, and then we decided, yeah, let's get this over with. Let's pull the Band-Aid off. We pulled the Band-Aid off, but we didn't prepare for what we're going to do next time. <laughs> so now it's going to be left up to me to throw out a movie. <laughs> this is going to be fun. It's going to be Ang Lee's Hulk. No, <laughs> it's going to be... <laughs> sadly, you know sadly not a classic. Let's take a trip. Well, let's climb in the time machine. Ooh. Okay. And let's get another one of these really big looming movies out of the way. Okay. Let's let's you and me mm -hmm. sit down and review what arguably is one of the most famous films ever that has where the misquotes of the film are now famous. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the next movie that we're going to review here on Late Seating is the classic black and white film starring Humphrey Bogart, oh. Casablanca. Oh. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Or the ending of one. You may have just heard it recorded. Because as soon as I hit stop, the screaming will begin. <laughs> just kidding. I love Steve, even even if his opinion is different. Don't you ever talk shit about that movie. <laughs> He's just lucky I didn't say. And the next movie we're going to review is The Two Towers. <laughs> hey, it would be the first time I ever watched it. I never saw it. 
Oh, you didn't. After the first no. one, you just never I, went I back. Knew I knew. Leaving the theater after seeing the first one, I, 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 in fact, I think I even turned to my girlfriend at the time and said, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, we don't need to see the next one. Or you can see the next one on your own. <sighs> and she said, I'm breaking up with yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> A few months later. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez! No, I didn't mean to bring not, that no, up. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was not Lord of the Rings related. Um, no, and we're not going to see another Lord of the Rings movie until I we have another one of these instances where I just want to be mean. I have assumed going in that we would get to all three of them eventually at some point during yeah, the course. Yeah, just like of the with show. the Star Wars films, we'll get a, yeah. we'll get to them eventually. Yeah. You don't want us to just review all of them all at once. We're not like these hacks on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) That just ride the horse until it falls dead. (laughs) And then keeps trying to drag it. No, no, no. Exactly. I mean, if we had been smarter about it, we would have reviewed The Lord of the Rings when The Hobbit came out. But no one went to go see that. So (laughs) We were above such cheap tie-ins. Yeah. Except for for Star Wars. (laughs) Except for Star Wars. (laughs) And the Jungle Book. Yeah. And the Fantastic Four. And all the other times. And all the other times that our reviews coincided with a reboot. I think that those are the times when we just don't feel like picking one. We're just like, look, that's just... I mean, you want to do the Jungle Book? There's a new one coming out. Yeah, exactly. So, Casablanca. Casablanca. So, remember... If you guys want to get all the jokes, then please watch Casablanca and before the next time that we do this, right, Steve? Yeah, yeah. You should, you should, you should all have a copy of it. Yeah. So just watch it. By law, I think you have. <laughs> I to. I think yeah, it's part of it is part of the official American cinematic canon, I believe. So, mm-hmm. and if you don't have one, steal your grandma or grandpa's. Yeah. I'm sure they got. They it. probably won't even <laughs> miss it. They say they they love it, but they haven't watched it in 20 years. Or you... watch TCM for any random <laughs> two hour <laughs> interval, and I'm sure it'll come on. <laughs> just turn it on and like 3.10 in the morning. <laughs> it's like, I'll catch a boy. Well, I think I'll catch most of it. Alright, that's it. For late seating, this has been Jason Harding, and go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives. I wish none of this had happened. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that right there. I'm not even gonna respond to it. <laughs> I'm, not I'm gonna... gonna pretend that it's not even a quote from the movie. <laughs> it is. I know it is. It is. is. <laughs> so do all I, who see such times. I, but that is <laughs> see, oh, you had to show me up. <laughs> you had to show me up. Yup, I'm the bigger nerd. Can, Who's the bigger nerd? I can quote this entire son of a bitch at you if that's what you want. I'll see your Star Trek and raise you a Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Lemmy Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Listen. And thanks for listening.